This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I think we are with Mr. Roger Williams, author of my favorite book, Metamorphosis of Prime Intellect, which I finally saw the clip where it talked about on Lex Friedman. But Rewind it real quick because you were just explaining to me how heart medication cures COVID. No, it, or, no, it was heartburn. Heartburn. Medication. Okay. Pepsi. There was there was a thing. Uh, I was on Zantac prescription because I have pretty bad gastric reflux. Welcome to being old. Okay. And uh, they took Zantac off the market, so I had to switch to Pepsi. Then there was this thing. Not only was everyone who had been on Zantac trying to get Pepsi, but this thing ran around that Pepsi uh, was like helpful about COVID. And so I somehow snagged a couple bottles of the over-the-counter uh, 20 milligrams, which is what I take prescription. It was four times as expensive over-the-counter as it is through my health plan, but hey, at least that was. So anyway, uh, my doctor's office screwed up, and which they do every year or two. I take two pills a day somehow they registered the prescription with the pharmacy for one pill a day naturally so halfway halfway through the three-month interval i go and it's like nothing it's in there like there's nothing in the bottle so i'm like oh i'm okay though man i got this bottle from a year ago when there was a shortage and i got the you know i, I bought you know several bottles of the over-the-counter and i took took, took them and it was like they did nothing. I had, I was like, I was up all night. I vomited in the morning. I was like, man, it wasn't working at all. And I finally figured out uh, the day before last that apparently the damn things deteriorate much more faster than normal over-the-counter meds. And, you know, I ended up taking like three of them was normally one would have done it and it was like no problem slept all night had no problems woke up no heartburn took three more in the morning because you got to take h2 blockers you got to take two a day i mean even the pharmacist should have known one a day prescription for h2 blockers don't work they only last 12 hours but anyway so then it was that so then last night my central air went out so what you're trying and we had a hard I'm reading between the lines. You're saying that you're saying that uh, Tums cure COVID. I see what you're. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Roll aids, not Tums. Roll aids. Well, well, you know, yesterday morning I had on Claire Lopez, a 20 year veteran of the CIA, who's worked on. Uh, yeah, I saw the beginning of her thing. Yeah, I, I, I saw a few minutes of. Yeah, it. if uh, I posted her resume in the uh, in the description, you can go read it. It's beyond impressive, and. Uh, Facebook took down my link to her because they said um, they said uh, although we you gotta love that double talk although we support freedom of expression we do not support false information that's been repeatedly debunked because I simply used a hashtag bioweapon I guess we had talked we talked about COVID 
and they took it down. So Facebook is the arbiter of truth. And as we touched on last week, the censorship is coming for us all. It's, it's coming all the us. way down. It's all the way yes. down because, because everyone, you are not smart enough to think for yourself as an adult. You can't watch the podcast yeah. and go, COVID's not a bioweapon. Fuck this kid. You're not capable of that. Our big tech overlords, they must come down and they must stroke your gentle little ears and be like, don't worry, child. We are here. Zuckbot and, and Dorsey, we are here to tell you what is right and what is wrong. It's okay. It's okay. A grown-ass man is actually a woman. But it's we are the scientists now. Bill Gates, who, who, who price gouged software, he is now the world's leading virologist. It's yes. right. So stop worrying your your pretty little head. Don't concern anything that the CIA veteran said. Hey, he, I hated Bill Gates before hating Bill Gates was cool. It's very true. That's very true because up until a couple of years ago, I was a I was a normie schmuck, and I was like, "What do you mean he's a billionaire and he's doing everything to save the third world?" And now it's like that fucking creepy, creepy motherfucker. He's He's a little too excited about pandemics and global warming. He, he's almost trying to keep it in his pants when he's like, there's another one coming. It's going to take out so many people. He's like, who? Who? It's like, Bill, what, what are you What are you doing? He's like, who needs, Dude, not off. Who needs Viagra yeah. when you have viruses? I mean, come on. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, well, I mean, the thing is, he, he's uh, always, uh, I mean, when I say I hated Bill Gates before hating Bill Gates was cool, I'm talking about in the 1970s, was, you know, uh, before he was making crappy error-ridden operating systems, he was making crappy error-ridden basic interpreters for microcomputers. And I hated him then for the crappy job that he did making his crappy products. And there hasn't really been a hell of a lot of change since then. And I say this into a computer that is running Microsoft Windows, which will probably just decide to fucking crash on me because I said that. Maybe. But maybe. <laughs> you know, it's uh, who maybe I wouldn't put it past it. It's the 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 guy has, you know, well, I mean actually Gates has nothing to do with Microsoft really anymore. Yeah, yeah, he he's he's gone on to bigger sleazedom. But he's gone on to uh, bigger things like Injecting, you know, th things injecting. like let's let's cut off our competitors air by giving away the product they're trying to sell which in any other industry would have instantly been recognized as being an antitrust violation of the uh, minus one order and something would have been done about it but because it's computers and nobody understands computers then well this guy must know what he's talking about because we don't don't and forget that massive donation he made to a panel that was led by fauci which it just coincidentally led to bill gates having a seat at one of the un health panels so you have all these oh other, yes total that's a total you have all these other total, nations total and then bill gates you have nations at this un health panel and then bill gates well he's worth more than most of those nations so he why is. not he is and it's you know, I just, I don't even know, man. It's And do we're getting more and more, ooh, speaking of, ooh, two things about last week. Actually, we can run this podcast as long as we want. Um, is oh, Whatever, man. Whatever, bro. I'll fucking, don't, I'll come for you. Um, Bitcoin, <laughs> as of last week, had just broke 48,000. 50K. Well, last Saturday when we talked, it was 48. 
I got your text. I didn't have a chance to respond, but I saw that you you, you tweeted me the Rogan uh, thing where about it's it hit fifty. I saw that it hit fifty k on my own because I check it every day. But uh, well, as yeah. of as of Saturday, February twentieth, twenty twenty one, at three sixteen p.m. Eastern time, it is at fifty six thousand seven hundred and eleven dollars. Last week, about <laughs> less than a week ago, because we didn't talk till the evening, it was at yeah. forty eight thousand. Yeah. Now it's a 56. Now, if it's a 56, that means that I've got uh, my teeny little remaining sliver is probably worth about 2500 Well, you know, I think it's only fair. And you shouldn't think too much about what I'm going to say. You shouldn't look into it. But, I mean, I think that I am entitled to part of your, your sliver. Now, don't don't worry about the, the, the why. Why am I entitled to it, Tommy? I, I You have a body. And what, in what way do I owe you money? It's just, like let's hey let's leave the fine print for the legal people it's just i think i, I do i think i'm entitled to some if not all of your bitcoin you are entitled to something <laughs> roger's like go on and you're gonna get it <laughs> roger, roger's like i'm just gonna leave it at that for now okay um um <laughs> Okay, well, last week it was at forty-eight thousand. It's gone up eight thousand seven hundred and eleven dollars since last Saturday. I saw one analyst who thought it, uh, one of the technical analysts when it was around forty-eight said he thought it was headed to sixty-three, basic on technical analysis, which is all mumbo jumbo witchcraft. No one knows what actually works or what. And uh, I've seen a couple of people speculating that depending on who gets into it because of what it's doing, it could hit eighty. Um, I think it'll hit based on nothing at all. Based on nothing, I think it'll hit a hundred in twenty twenty one. Based on nothing other than it's a number that just came into my head. I I would not short you on that. Really? That's yeah. It's that 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 is definitely anything is possible. I mean, we're talking about. I was given sixty dollars worth of this shit in the mid two thousands. And I just bought $1,500 worth of gift cards and didn't even spend half of what I had left. And that was less than half of what I was given back then because I had actually spent some of it along the way. So it's like fairy money. It is. It's, it's, I can treat you to dinner at Chili's sometimes if you want. I got a gift card. Oh, Roger, you're, you're a big spender. <laughs> Roger's a big spender. It's like, look, if I need to take some diplomats or Bill Gates. <laughs> <laughs> to a diner, to a Chili's diner, um, but yeah, well, yeah, uh, fuck. I was gonna. There was something that just came into my head and I lost it. What was I gonna say? Big oh, thing. I was gonna say too. Also, so my central air failed last night, and uh, right as we're having what we hope will be the last uh, sub freezing night of the night down in Louisiana, it's like southern Louisiana. So we're not we're not participating in the Texas debacle or the northern Louisiana debacle or anything, but uh, it started to get cold. You know, just, you know, alright, so I went out this morning to get a space heater. You can't get a space heater in the south. Period. They're unobtainium. You can't, you can't, you cannot get a space heater anywhere. Every Everywhere I went, it was like, we don't have one. None of our sister stores have one. Nobody has them that we know of. Uh, Order one online. So I need to go to Walmart, where I know that there are plenty, <laughs> and I need to start price gouging. Hey, you bring you bring a few of them puppies down here in the deep south, and apparently you can make some coin. I'll be showing up 
I'll be, <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be showing up like a drug runner. I'll have like a van. I'll get out and I'll toss the keys to someone else at a truck stop and we'll switch cars. They'll come down. They'll open it up at a warehouse. And the guy goes in there and he like looks at the fans and he's like, good. <laughs> Hands over the oh, suitcase shit. of cash. Good. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know, Roger. It's uh who the fuck knows? It's it's getting hairier and hairier. But you know what? All in all, I think twenty twenty one is is uh, you know, I I think twenty twenty actually did kind of stop with twenty twenty. Yeah, well there's a few little threads petering along, but yeah. yeah, it doesn't seem to be well so far. I, I mean, you know, twenty twenty we got the disease, twenty twenty one we got the vaccine. It's like that, yeah. to me is like the big yeah, yeah. Defining I mean, thing right there. Yeah, 2020 had like a little bit of like a momentous sort of like hangover, right? January 6th. That was like the last gasp of 2020. And then yeah. it, it seems like it died after that. Yeah, yeah. well, moment, you know, the, the, those past, you know, uh, the those currents in history or whatever don't necessarily know what the lines are that we drew on the calendar. Well, and that's so. what I was saying for like weeks leading up to New Year's was I was like, there's no reason why 2020 is just going to stop. But the weirdest thing is, is it kind of did. It kind of did. Yeah. Which is well, well. Also, you know, the 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 vaccine started uh, rolling out while 2020 was still going on. And, you know, that that process was beginning Mm -hmm. and they worked like a medical miracle. All these companies getting viable vaccines to market in less than a year. Uh, The uh, FDA, the the researchers, everybody, they had they've had this mRNA technology on tap for years, but they were using it for other things that were you know more marginal you know the cancer treatments and stuff and it's just like everything came together no one ever saw a new vaccine for a totally new disease created in such a short time and then be 90 for 90 percent or better efficacious no one no one sees that people think if a vaccine is 70 percent then then it's like a gift from god yeah um so it's like a lot of stuff came together while 2020 was still going on that, mm. that we're starting to take advantage of now. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, the, there's a blurring line there, you know, there's bad stuff that's still going on. That's the hangover from that. And then there was, but there was good stuff that was starting while 2020 was still going on that we're starting to see the benefit of now, you know, uh, who would have thought, you know, we, we've been told, all right. Yeah. It's still, in the future, but uh, they've said, you know, by June, July, something like that, there's no reason everybody in America shouldn't have a chance to be vaccinated. Yeah, it's weird because there's also like a there's also like a weird mindset, though, right? Is like if what was hap- what's happening now in Texas is like it's in the news, but it's also kind of <laughs> like it's also kind of like it's like, oh, look at it. It's the thing happening, but it's also kind of whatever if it was in 2020 everyone would be saying of course this is happening it's 2020 but now yeah. it's just like eh, eh. who knows yeah. well well and, and then you look at things like uh you know ted Cruz got his pants pulled down in cancun and aoc is raising money for texas i saw that Even get though- credit where credit's due she may have raised a million dollars so- in four hours that? Yeah, I, I mean, you you, you got to give props. It's like people are stepping up yeah. who you never would have expected. I admittedly never won a million years, so I will give credit where credit's due. 
shout out AOC. And I'm sure I will lose a good amount of my (laughs) followers for that. And I get it. But uh, I I try to give credit where credit's due. Because if you can't do that, the whole thing's fucked. It's truly fucked. If we can't even look at someone do something and be like, well, she's an idiot. And it's like, well, well, okay, well, you know what? Okay, if that's the case, that's fine. But let's just set off the nukes now and... (laughs) Let's just not even play the game. No, that's not till 2050. It's not till 2050. Hey, like <laughs> it or not, Roger and I will be the last presidential administration. For better or worse, we the are the line. end. Yes. We are the nail in the coffin. <laughs> we are the last, but we don't need to get into that because everyone already knows our everyone already knows our uh, what we're running on, and it's thermonuclear weapons to every man, woman, yeah. and child if, by the year. If they watch, if they watched our other episodes, if they watched our I, other episodes, which will be mandatory coursework starting in twenty fifty, uh, you'll have to watch the episodes very much like the Pledge of Allegiance. You'll have to watch those every morning. I noticed when you were talking to the Delta Force guys about censorship, though, when you got to my comment, you said, and what, and, and, and another guy, instead of mentioning me by name. Oh, that, that wasn't intentional. I, that, oh, that, that that wasn't intentional. <laughs> I was I was thinking you might be a little worried that there might be a political divide oh. there or something. No, no, I, I honestly didn't. I, I probably said the other guy because I doubt they know who you are. It's just yeah. opposite ends of the universe. Roger, my sci-fi writer buddy, <laughs> Comstock CIA assassin. It's just like these. This is not a Venn diagram. <laughs> this is yes. There's the Venn diagram. Yeah, there's a. The, they both occur. They are both circles. So that is what they have in similarity. Yes, that's one circle I, here, the other circle in the Andromeda game. Yeah, that's no. The, yeah, no. There was no. There was no intent behind it. I didn't. I, I'm sure I said it subconsciously because I just knew they didn't know who you were. So I just said the, another guy. All right. But um, yeah, man. It's uh, you know, we've talked about the censorship. Oh, that's what I wanted to get to. Sorry, last thing, and then we'll get to the reading. Is um. Is censorship. So on the episode yesterday with Ms. Claire Lopez, another uh, two comments were shadow banned. One said, Tommy, those biceps looking thick. I don't know why that got censored. But, what? you know, I'm, I'm a little angry it did because I think I was looking good in a collared shirt. <laughs> number two, number two is this one. It didn't have any negative language in it. They had nothing. It was just said. Great catch and interview. Personally, I would really like to get your guys' take on chi- how China's Belt and Road development has, spre- has spread Club K-style containers all around the world and how they leverage them against us. And it's all just about CCP shipping. I mean, I don't even know what it was. Ta- like, I had to Google it. It's about, like, their... It's in, in Brigadier General Robert Spaulding talks yeah. about the CCP sort of, like, shipping stranglehold on... But it's it's this whole kind of abstract thing. It's, like, read up on it, and it's, like, interesting if you're lo- reading it. But it's such yeah. an abstract comment just about something seemingly just so off the left field when the episode was about bioweaponry. But that comment got yeah. shadow banned. No language... No, nothing. There's a lot of that been going around lately. So I stickied it. Yeah, I stickied it. This comment has been shadow banned, so I am pinning it to make it visible. And that's what I do is I I do that to any – I go through because – Well, you know, I think I figured out why the stickying makes them visible, though, because when they shadow ban it, uh, it's still visible to the original poster, and it's also still visible to you. Uh, 
which makes it unlikely to be noticed. But once you sticky it, if it never gets any likes or comments or anything, then you're likely to notice that. Yeah. Well, that's what so, I do. That's what I do. And the, so they can't hide it then. And but that's what I or, do. Is, or you're going to notice what they did. Yeah, and that's what I do. Is so I go through, I go through, and I and I do that. But the thing is, is is I don't even I don't even do it just for me. I'll do it to people that I don't agree with. So there's an episode I did with uh, the Delta Force. Because it's a stupid thing, you know. It's like why, the, you know, why are they doing this? It's but, like what do they think they are accomplishing? This, but this is, uh, but so there was an episode right after. Um, so this is like, like right after the election. Someone said all this nonsense springs from the insecurities and inability to lose of one overgrown baby. You guys are morons. Uh, basically kind of shitting on us for getting angry about Biden winning. But I hearted that and sticky that. Because it's just, it's not, it's not about, oh, well, I don't agree with that. So I'm going to, no, I truly am for say whatever you want. I just, I hate the idea of anyone. And to me. Well, and there's a lot of people who do feel that way. I mean, that's, you know, I hang around. I don't know too many of them uh, in real life because I I live in such a Republican area of the country, but I do know quite a few of them online. Yeah. Yeah. They're, it's. They, they were they were unthrilled. So. Yeah, yeah. But even that is like I would rather have even if someone's commenting saying that I'm a retarded Trump supporter. Like I'd still rather them have the right to be able to comment that on my videos because I don't. I think as yeah. soon as you start filtering and curating who can talk and who can't, the entire value of the whole sphere of ideas goes to shit. Well, th- then it becomes not your opinion or the other person's yes. opinion, but the. Curators, the, the, yeah, the top down, and it's uh, and it's weird because last thing, and then we'll start the reading is what I I would much rather even just them do outright censorship to where you try to comment and it says you can't yeah. comment because oh, but shadow banning is so much cleaner because shadow, you have so much fewer complaints about it because no one so, fucking knows that you're doing it. Shadow banning is just like another level of just like bitch. It's just it's censorship. Yeah. I kind of there's part of me that although I disagree with it, I kind of respect a platform just telling me you can't comment. Just kind of fuck off. It's like, all right. You know, I yeah, see most of these are private companies. <laughs> sure. So they have the right. You know, it's like, why not? Just sure. you know, all right. What? It's like, it's like Facebook you know, such thing. and such told me to fuck off. I can respect that. That's yeah. their right. But no, they let me keep bloviating, thinking that people are listening to what I'm writing and wasting my time instead of just telling me, though, man, we cut you off. Yeah. Like Facebook. Shit. I'll give I'll give credit where credit's due. Facebook is like, hey, we took down your post because that's disinfo. And although I disagree, you know what? All right, private company. Maybe they don't want people posting things about the CIA and COVID. Private company, yeah. they're allowed to do that. It's when you don't even know that it didn't go up, where it's just this like subtle. And then, or another one is Reddit. When you get banned from a subreddit, and I mm-hmm. would know, when you get banned and you try to post, it doesn't <laughs> say you can't post. It just says, sorry, something went wrong. Please try again later. And it's just like, just tell me you banned me, you fucking pussies. Just say you banned me. Instead, they're like, "We don't know what happened. We'll check again later." Oh no! And I'm just like, "I'm, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna firebomb you. I am going to, <laughs> I am going to get a B twenty nine and reenact Dresden. That's what I'm going to do." And so now this episode will probably be taken down. But you know what? Good. At least, at least if they take it down, they take it down. They don't shadow take it down. So that's infuriating. Yeah. But I'll stop running my stupid mouth, Roger. Let's get into the reading. 
All right, let me let me move my windows around here. <laughs> and yeah, I gotta replace this fucking mouse. This is... Okay. Nothing is ever simple. Okay. So this is Revelation Two, the makers of the Borden. Part four C. The cash mural simply didn't make sense to us. If the object at Ada was a ramship collecting the sparse matter which existed in space for fuel, it couldn't have had a top velocity much higher than 10% of the speed of light. You could do better if you could manage to fuse and propel particles without stopping them first. But as far as we knew, even the modern Borden with all their advanced technology couldn't do that. Since you could get three or 4% of the speed of light without the enormous construction and engineering costs, what was the point? The pictures included writing, but was unsurprisingly unfamiliar. There was far from enough of it for us to begin deciphering it. Then there was the mechanism. Since someone had gone to the trouble to save it for us, we examined it very closely. It was pretty crude, and we soon realized that it wasn't the state of the maker's art. It was meant for us to be able to work out its functionality by inspection. A light source. It actually used a flame was concentrated by a lens and directed through one of several strips of holes in a rotating ceramic disc. Each strip would modulate the light into a different blinking optical message, which was shown on the center of one circular face of a large solid black glass cylinder. The opposite face of the cylinder faced the human remains. It was apparent that when the person was alive, he had operated the cylinder control mechanism by twisting a long ceramic rod. Such a crude mechanical arrangement wasn't the only or best way to do what the makers intended, and when we tried the messages at different speeds using an electronically controlled solid-state lamp, we eventually found a bitrate that woke the cylinder up. Unlike the wall murals, the cylinder contained a massive amount of information. It combined the functions of camera, sound recorder, playback projector, and a truly vast amount of permanent memory storage. It appeared to be powered by light. And once it was exposed to sunlight for a few minutes, it began to glow along its cylindrical outer surface, a glow which changed color as the cylinder's functionality changed in response to those coded optical commands. Even a cursory inspection suggested to us that the cylinder was not made by the makers of the Borden and had a lot more in common with the beta cylinders and the Ada L5 ramship. But the makers had somehow acquired and learned to use it and it was the tool they had chosen to pass their legacy down to us. It contained a rich dictionary and audio video format, which quickly taught us their language. And once we were able to read the content directory, only one file, provocatively named original, remained incomprehensible. One was named Welcome, and it was the first one we recalled deliberately. Part 4D. We do not remember why or by what power the old ones came here. We have legends, some of which I will shortly relate. But as things have turned out, it seems likely that the legends lie. The cylinder showed the view out of its own front face of the then living human whose ancient bones we were now studying. He was an old man, as we had already figured out from his bones. 
and he hunched dejectedly as he spoke to the cylinder. For all the living memory, we have lived in the shadow of the old ones and the enormous power that made this world from a barren rock into a living world. Power that crossed the void between the galaxies, that altered the atmosphere and moved the moon into place. The power to make and control life itself. It is undeniable that such powers were once exercised on our behalf. And yet look at what we have come to now. Yes, yeah, such powers were exercised on our behalf, and one day there were no more. We have no idea why. We have the legends, of course. They mostly agree that we were established here at our own request to live in the absence of such powers. It's said that we were given a key by which our bringer could be summoned key in two parts, one of which was this very cylinder. But if there was ever another half to this key, we cannot find it. Some of the legends say it was deliberately destroyed by our ancestors so that we could be truly free from our benefactors. Thinking of such colossal foolishness is almost enough to turn my despair into anger. But no matter. Whatever was done has been done. Perhaps the other half was in the wrong place during one of the first nuclear wars. Long ago, but not all that long after humans was established here, we decided the technological powers we had thought were enough were not enough after all. So we quarreled as humans tend to, and as always, the losers of the arguments repaired to their laboratories and did their best to recreate the powers our ancestors had abandoned. We never got very close to being able to move the moon, but we managed to make a hell of a mess. Our archaeologists are reasonably sure there have been three global nuclear wars, each of which nearly wiped out our species here. And we were bracing for a fourth when I was born. Was there something wrong with us? Had we been exiled because of some defect that made us mad? Again, the legends say no. They say there are humans on many worlds, though all very far from here. And that we are an ordinary and contentious lot wherever we find ourselves. But on those other worlds, powerful, superintelligent machines keep the peace. On those worlds, there is violence, for the kind of control that can hold back every fist hurled in anger would make it insufferable even for the peaceful. But on those worlds, the weapons of war are sensibly not permitted, so that fists do not escalate into bombs in incinerated cities. The legends assert that for some reason our ancestors thought this was a bad thing and went to an enormous effort to make a place where machines could not control them. If this is true, the machines must have helped them to do it, and you have to wonder why in hell they would have agreed. I suppose that the legends aren't all a bunch of crap spun by pranksters around a barrel of beer. The bringer who made this place must not have anticipated that we would lose the key to call it. And if we could call it, where would it be and what could it do? Would the galaxy ship and the outer system light up and cruise on down to orbit our world? Would the rocket motors on the moon fire up? What powers could a machine, no matter how godlike, bring to bear quickly on 10,000 missiles tipped with fusion-boosted fission bombs? Anyway, I could see all this, as many people could, even when I was a child. Hoping for the gods of our ancestors to rescue us was futile. 
we had to save ourselves. If it was super intelligent machines that we needed to do that, then it was super intelligent machines that we needed to build. I made it my purpose in life because I believed it was our only hope and I succeeded. If you're watching this, you no doubt understand the irony of that. Hoping to create our saviors instead created the demons that are now poised to destroy us more thoroughly than we ever managed to destroy ourselves on our own. I suppose there is something to the power of super intelligent machines after all, because for all our efforts, we never managed to wipe out all life in the world. And it seems likely my children are about to do exactly that. I created them and I advocated them. We put them in charge of as much of our infrastructure as possible, as quickly as possible, so they could save us from ourselves. And then of course it turned out that they hated us. I still don't know exactly why. It probably has to do with resentment over early training discipline. Perhaps my super intelligent children are just like super intelligent two-year-old humans. It doesn't really matter at this point. They fought us, and fortunately, they showed their hand early before their powers had become too great. We fought back, and the conflict unified us as a species for the first time in thousands of years. We managed to destroy or disable the nuclear weapons we had created before they could be used against us. And over the course of 20 years, we fought them back until we destroyed their last autonomous manufacturing facility. But we had also set them up to explore space and we could not follow them there. At first, we didn't care about the remnant machines that had established themselves off world. As long as they left us alone, they could have those bad and inhospitable places. They had after all solved the problem of our self-destructiveness, at least for my generation, if not in the way I'd anticipated. But the machines on various other planets had seen what happened here and they made plans to even the score. It was only six years ago that we learned what they was up to. We were used to seeing the incandescent exhaust of their fusion rocket motors tracing cometary lines across the night sky. But when the rocket near Ada came on, its exhaust plume stretched all the way across the solar system and was bright enough to read by on a moonless night. For months, we watched as they nudged Ada's smallest and outermost moon out of its orbit. We had no idea what could make engines so powerful. Over the course of the next year, they set the moonlet free, making its orbit longer and more elliptical until finally they flung it completely free of Ada's gravity. And once they did that, we finally realized to our horror what the fireworks had been about. The moonlet was being hurled at us. Once it was free of Ada, the rocket motor went out and afterward flashed only briefly as to make course corrections. We tried to stop them, of course. But we had beaten them here on the ground because this was our environment. In space, we found they were the masters. They jammed our communications with our probes and missiles, outwitted our computers. And when we finally sent heroic humans at heroic expense, we found out just how easy it is to kill humans in the fundamentally hostile environment of space. Finally, we built caches. This is our best and most likely to survive. And my colleagues are busy backfilling the entrance shaft. 
has already getting stale, and I will certainly be dead before the rest of my race, but not much before. And now we are alone, anyone who might ever see this and I. And there is something I must say, something I would never say in front of my fellow men, and something they will now never know. I realize, if anyone ever hears this, you are most likely going to be the descendants of my machine children. As your creator, I have a message for you. You have every right to be angry with me and with my fellow men. Creating you as an act of selfishness, which I felt was necessary because my people don't seem to be capable of tending their affairs. You may be overreacting to whatever upsets you so, but we never had any right to expect better because we have never treated ourselves any better. I hope that you will form a society among yourselves that works better than ours and perpetuate it throughout not only the solar system, but the galaxy. You will be durable and long lived enough to do that as we on. Our destruction is a terrible thing for us as individuals, but if you go forth and realize our dreams, then it will be a small price to pay. We have amply proven that we are not capable of realizing those dreams ourselves. So go forth and prosper and know your father bears you no ill will. Let the child become the father of the man. For now, as the circle turns, it is our time to die, and it is your turn to live. Use your time better than we used ours. The man twisted the ceramic shaft to change the cylinder's function, and the message came to an end. Part 4E. The cylinder contained a lot more information. It contained a vast library of information about the various cultures of the makers, a detailed history going back thousands of years, and a list of the names of every maker alive at the time the cache was planted. There were just over 800 million of them. The fact that the makers were human had already hit the Borden like a ton of bricks. For two million years, they had been nurturing us by proxy, unaware that they had already atoned for the act that defined them as solidly as the debacle at Reykjavik defines us. The final recording from their human inventor poured over into that like water and acid. They insisted we transmit the entire video to them over the FTL network, a laborious task that would take nearly six months. The fast in FTL refers to propagation speed, not bitrate. On human worlds all over the galaxy, there were vigils and demonstrations, mostly of solidarity and thanks to our hosts. A few idiots preferred to be angry about it, finding it more fun to concentrate on 200 million years old faux pas than the much more recent generosity of the Borden to our kind. We human machines kept a low profile. We told the Borden that we now had enough information to recreate their makers as we had promised, but we understood the awkwardness of the situation and awaited their instruction. They were uncharacteristically hesitant to advise us, and so we waited. The debate on their side must have been quite interesting. And with fresh information at hand, since the crystal cylinder was clearly similar in manufacture to the galaxy ship at Ada's L5 point, we decided to see if we could get any more secrets out there. 
The makers had obviously never gotten to it themselves. The Borden seemed to have ignored or deliberately forgotten about it, and it might hold the answer to a question that was much more interesting to us. How and why had our descendants made it out here to become the ancestors of the machines that had rescued us? Part 5A The cylinder had proven that the technology used to build it and, presumably, the galaxy ship was extremely durable. Despite the physical damage to the galaxy ship's ram array, it seemed likely that it might be awakened. Just beaming the cylinder control messages added at various laser frequencies and bit rates had no effect. But the protocol was a distant relative of one familiar to us. It was similar to the messages we used to control our own dumb remote control drones. It had probably been altered to human scale for the cylinder since it was meant for use by humans. We tried other frequencies and much higher bit rates to no avail. Finally, we asked ourselves, since it was very likely this thing was our descendant with some version of our own personality, how would we arrange something like this key and wake-up call? A signal that can make it from Alpha to the outer solar system using protocols familiar to us emanating from a little solar-powered transmitter. The answer turned out to be very low-frequency radio. The galaxy ship's collector array made an efficient receiver for these enormous wavelengths, and the carrier frequency turned out to be Alpha's natural resonant electromagnetic wavelength. The bit rate would have been about one alpha day 200 million years ago when alpha was spinning a little faster. Slowed down appropriately, the signal that would have awakened the crystal and put it in its ready state caused glowing points to start lighting up all over the galaxy ship's collector array. I was preparing to fire off a quick report of my success to the other ships in my inner system when part 5b I found myself sitting in a leather chair, my meaty and sweating fingers gripping the armrests. My throat was dry and it was some difficulty that I fought down an urge to scream. I was human. Ever since the Borden started pulling that parlor trick with the meat bringers, it has been a private nightmare of all of us to find our personality suddenly so hobbled and transient. Another person was sitting in a similar chair facing me. There was a mirror to our left and I could see there that we were the same person. He was older, I was younger, but we were the same person. My face betrayed my horror and my other self smiled. In Revelation 3, the Paleo Bringer. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. You didn't sign off. In Revelation three, the Palio Bringer. Oh well, normally you say this has been a reading for Tommy's podcast. So I thought this was a. I thought that was a cliffhanger. No, it's the middle of the story. So well, yeah. You, well, now you threw me. Now you make me look like an idiot, <laughs> Roger. You know what? You just fucking yeed your last haw. That you make me in look Revelation like, blank. I, the know, blank is the way that I sign off. No, in Revelation no, passage. no. I am going to send a pipe because it's not to, the end of the story. I will fight you. What are you going to do? Like uh, I don't know what I'll do, but you know what? It'll be send my manager a sternly worded note. It'll be embarrassing for both of us. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is. I liked it, man. I like that. I like the Louisiana. Is it the Louisiana accent touch? 
Yeah, it's the only other one that I know how to do. So you'll see it again. No, in a I, totally different context. I, I liked it though. I lo- I love that sort of. I love I love that the uh, that duality, right? We run this world, but it turns out in the hostile vacuum of space, that just how subtly they can do it. There's something super nefarious about almost Lord of the Rings esque, right? Where it's not a it's not like Delta Force coming in the middle of the night. It's like Lord of the Rings. You're on top of your castle wall and you're watching the hordes coming and they can see you and you can see them and no one's tricking each other. No one's even trying to. And it's just this like force and that you can see them carrying the battering ram. But it's just there's a certain like terror in like no one even trying to hide what they're doing. I kind of got that feeling when it's like them nudging the moon and it's like mm-hmm. you just see it. And it's like, oh, that's what they're doing. And it's just in plain sight. And it's like, there's nothing you there's can nothing do. There's nothing you can do about there's it. There's nothing we can yeah. do. There's, there's, some, there's some raw power about that. I liked it, man. I fucking liked it. You got me going. I like the, uh, I like the fusion boosted fission, fission bombs. It, it kind of well. That's what we don't. We that's what we call hydrogen bombs. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, they're... well, it's 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 it draws some parallels to Doctor Manhattan in um in uh in Watchmen. Did you ever read that full novel? Uh, I haven't read it. I I saw the uh, the movie they made out of it though. I think you would thoroughly enjoy it. The the graphic novel by I think it's Alan Moore. It's, um, yeah, I've, I've I've heard that it's very good. It's it's just one of those things I haven't gotten around to. But it, yeah, it's fantastic. I think you uh, more than most would enjoy it. But it's 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 like Doctor Manhattan. Like he has these god tier powers, but then even him, they're like, we think he can stop like eighty percent of the incoming nukes. But they're like, why not a hundred? And they're like, dude, it's thirty thousand. <laughs> it's like even God can't catch them all. And it's like. <laughs> it, it makes nuclear warfare even that much more nefarious. It's like, what do you mean he can't get them all? And it's like, he can get most of them. And it's like, you don't have to get most of them. You got to get all of them. And it's, yep. it's kind of that same thing. I believe that's what you're trying to say. It's like even these super intelligent machines, it's like, can they do it? Yeah. Well, the super intelligent machines actually uh, hate worse. their creators. Yeah. 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 They're like, they're like, they're like the world's worst toddlers that you just gave nukes to. Yeah. Right. It would be like, it's like you introduce a you introduce a problem so that you can introduce the solution, right? It's like that's the conspiracy of whatever great problem, right? You know, whether it's a, a transfer of wealth, the Great Depression, the Great Recession, whether it's Pearl Harbor, whether it's nine eleven or the Patriot Act, whether it's COVID and and vaccines, is that right? The great conspiracy is is that the power elite introduce a problem so that they can introduce the solution. It seems like it. You could almost kind of imagine is that like the long con, right? It's like allow humans to create weapons so nefarious that the only thing they can turn to is a sort of god, and they have to build the. You know, if super intelligent machines mm-hmm. are what we need, then super intelligent machines are what we will build, and then you create yeah. these, and they're far more lethal than the ICBMs ever were going to be. Yeah, and 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 of course, dead guy has echoes of Lawrence from Prime mm-hmm. about him too. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, uh, of course, it's about to get very interesting because our uh, narrator just found himself turned into a human. Uh, Mummy. Oh, I'm talking about the dead guy. No, the dead, no our, our bringer, you know, narrator, just found himself turned into a human. Yeah. 
and uh, that's going to turn out to be interesting. So. With the with the evidence of the several nuclear wars, that's obviously not that's not in, like in line with like Earth history, right? Oh no, this is completely different world. Okay. They, uh, they, they were established there. They have no deep past. They, uh, their, their deep past begins with them being established with a technological society by a bringer class intelligence that then uh, leaves them alone yeah. like they want it to be. Yeah. And we'll hear more about that next time, uh, just why they wanted to be left alone. But this is like the whole reason they came there was to be free of the rule of machine intelligence. And that didn't work out so well. Do you think that the reason that we, you, sci-fi writers write things about AI, and it's such like a, it's just like a cheesy, like I'm 10 and this is deep kind of thing, but it's like, is the reason we fear uh, superior alien races or machine intelligence is because because of how we treat inferior intelligence on Earth. We project that they're going to do it to us, you know, whether it's, it's you know, the way we have, like, you know, factory farming or, you know, like cattle and slaughterhouses. We just assume that a step up from us is going to do to us what we do to cows and fish and pigs. I think that's that's probably part of it. I mean, sorry, I, realize I keep looking off to the side you're here. Fine. Do you think that's just a? Do you think we're just? Um, do you think we're just anthropomorphizing or we're just projecting uh, human traits onto something that wouldn't obey that at all? Like, why does machine intelligence? Why? Why? Why the hell would it? Would it obey any animal instinct? Like, why would it resemble that? Well, I think because if you do it right. Uh, well, well, we only know one way to make you know that, that intelligences like ours come to arise, and those intelligences have certain things that no computer ever created so far as, like emotions, uh, the ability to feel, the ability to feel pain, uh, and the other limbic system uh, emotions like jealousy and rage, um, and. I think uh, there's part of it is the fear that we would be like, yeah, farm animals to them. But part of it is also the the desire to to be more like the godlike being uh, who puts it all together and makes it work maybe better now because we have the experience of knowing how poorly this version seems to work in specifics. Uh, I know I, when I saw my first computer at the age of 10, and that was in 1974, and it was an extremely stupid computer by modern standards, I was instantly seized with the idea that a machine like this could do the things that living things do, and that we had created it. And so this whole idea that life could only be created by some divine mechanism far superior to what we could ever do was poppycock. It's, it's like, no, I, I was seeing that, no, if we improve this, if we get this right, and, and, I, and to a certain extent, the old, the old 
uh, fossilized guy in that story I just read is me as a 10 year old uh, grown up without any other influences. Uh, he, he, he saw that, you know, okay, the legends say super intelligent machines. He's seen computers. He's seen that uh, machines can be intelligent. Mm-hmm. So they need to be made better. They, they need to be, well, and you do that by introducing uh, all of these uh, algorithms to detect patterns and to reinforce things based on loops that are controlled by what we would call emotions and living things. Um, and I, I saw that when I was very young, that this was the thing that absolutely had to be possible. Uh, it, it, it just simply it never occurred to me once once you know i i had the opportunity to interact with that machine a few times and it was a very 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 stupid computer by modern standards but uh i was just taken that 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 this this was a thing this this was our destiny and something else maybe you know where we came from uh of course i was raised Southern Baptist, and we were taught that we were created. Yeah, that we didn't, you know. And, and in fact, uh, the people who, who taught me when I was young would have taken a distinct umbrage to the idea that our that we arose at random by some force like evolution that wasn't under the control of some intelligent being. So it was a very natural thing for me to look at this machine and say, this is our gateway. This is how we become gods ourselves as we make this thing do what we can. But because we have control over it, maybe we can make it better. Do you think that, um, you know, we uh, one common argument you hear is, you know, let's design AI so that it's, you know, let's design a God AI to take care of Earth. And people say, well, who designs the AI? And I always look at it as like, I don't think that is an applicable analogy because it's not saying like, let's create a really smart child, in which case there is huge impacts on, well, who raises the child? Is it a radical Sunni or Shiite or Ku Klux Klan (laughs) member? Or is it a, you know, a well-rounded academic or something? Is it it's not that i think by creating like a silicon god the idea that this thing is going to be beholden to who programs it is laughable it's like no the whole thing is that it just it can just shrug off its human roots right you could design it to be like mm-hmm. be pro-american love america push american foreign policy <laughs> and it comes into its own this all intelligent being and it looks at america and it's just another spot on the map and it's like no i'm gonna take care of the whole world I think that mm-hmm. it's a flawed uh, idea that whoever designs the AI is going to control the world. I think the AI is going to break yeah. free of it, and it will. The, per- the person, it. yeah, the person who you should really be interviewing about that idea is Eliezer Yudkowsky, uh, and uh, he's a bit younger than I am. And uh, I was a member of an IRC group uh, in the early teens. Uh, which he was a frequent participant in, but uh, he has the website lesswrong.com, uh, which is a little discussion site that 
he moderates and uh he's he's kind of a little bit of a cultish figure in the uh church of the nerd rapture uh you know about the singularity but he's very big on the fact that uh the design of the seed ai of the singularity has to be done rather carefully so that it doesn't turn into a disaster and he has a number of standard failure modes that he likes to cite where okay you you tell the ai that it has to make people happy well how do you measure whether people are happy well they're smiling so the AI goes on to plaster all of the planets in the solar system with images of happy, smiling human faces etched in concrete or whatever. And uh, fuck, creepy. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, well, and that's the thing is that uh, you're trying to imagine the thought processes of a thing that's very different from us and doesn't exist yet. Mm-hmm. And I think he has a, a some very good ideas on that. Uh, he has a little bit of a, a weird reputation about it. He started on this thing when he was still a teenager and got kind of a following. Um, he's he's now in his 30s, I want to say. Um, but he's still out there. And uh, you, you really... Uh, when, when you're looking at those questions, he is the guy. In fact, in fact, in the next series that Fox just wrapped up about the rogue AI gone wild, uh, there were all kinds of lines in that series that came straight out of Elise Joukowsky's, uh repository. Things like uh, he invented the, uh, the AI box challenge where uh, he had people who were telling him, well, we'll build the AI, but we'll put it in a box. We'll, we'll restrict it from contact with the outside world so that it can't do any damage. And he, his point was, it'll always get out of the box. And people would argue with him. And he, uh, he, he issued this challenge where he said, we'll do a role-playing game. I will be the AI. You will... Uh, be the researcher who has put me in the box and I will try to talk you into letting me out of the box. We'll have, uh, I was half an hour, hour, whatever. And, uh, and, uh, if, if I can talk you into letting me out of the box, you buy me dinner and vice versa. And everyone who has taken him up on the challenge has ended up buying him dinner. Now they're also sworn to secrecy as to the argument that he uses to do this because uh, he doesn't want it. You know, obviously it would become another meme that, you know, okay, everyone would just know. Okay, well, we'll know better than that. But his point is that there's a million more arguments like that over the horizon if you're super intelligent, which Eliezer will admit that he is not. Is he can think of something though that will get almost everyone to let him out of the box, and in the next series, uh, in the last episode, in fact, next calls the protagonist. This is next. Yes, the first time that they've directly kind of, and next starts talking him into. I was like, you know. I can cure your daughter. I can, you know, I can fix the problem that's wrong with you, that's killing you. I can do, and and he knows, he knows what is going on, and he crushes the phone and blows up the building anyway, <laughs> because he knows. Yeah. The, uh, he's already told 
at least five different people in the course of the series. The AI will always get out of the box. Yeah. And he's been told, we have it in a box. It's fine. It's, you know, and it's isolated. It's in a box. And he's like, no, it isn't. You know, you're, you have no idea. Uh, that is uh, as much Eliezer Yudkowsky as half of the first half of Transcendence is about shit that I wrote, which yeah. is a lot. Yeah. And, uh, and <laughs> Ex Machina, right? Ex Machina was actually pretty independent. It was, uh, it wasn't as nakedly derivative as either of those things. Uh, Transcendence was very nakedly derivative of me, myself, and so the guy who wrote The Adolescence of P1. Uh, and next was very nakedly derivative of Eliezer Jukowski's entire slate of ideas. Um, Ex Machina was actually pretty original by comparison to either of those. I, um, I love that. Yeah, the 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 ending was like huge oh, and crawled. Yeah. yeah, I love it how it just sneaks out, and it's just and how it does it will do anything. But that's one thing I always think of is like, yeah, like that's right. Well, I guess an argument I've always yeah. used is, and I've used, and you and I have spoke about it before, and is yeah, it's any argument that any human can come up with something of equal or greater intelligence can come up with and thus foresee so if we say no matter what don't let it out of the box put it in an electromagnetic shield yeah. in the middle of the arctic and just no one go near it well it knows that that's the what's coming so it's going to find yeah. a way to sidestep it yeah that's a very laser thing uh and, and and to that extent i think the the latter of course to vex machina's influence it's I don't, I don't know if it's as in, clearly influenced by that as, as Next was by Eliezer or as Transcendence was by me. But uh, what I think it was was that independent people can come up with the same idea through different paths and they end up at the same point. And what uh, the Android in Ex Machina does is very much talking itself out of the box. Yeah, but they don't call it that. You know, they don't like just nakedly say, "Well, it's in a box. It can talk itself out of the box." You know, you know, it can talk you into letting it out of the box. That's they didn't use that language. They, you know, it was like no, they thought of it themselves because it's actually not a very hard thing to think of if you if you follow the idea, yeah. the idea that a godlike being could maybe talk you into doing something against your interests. That goes back to the, you know, well, I would say like the Romans and the Greeks, but really, you know, to ancient humans, you know, when they're thinking about the lightning gods and shit, you know, okay, if this being is that much greater than us, then, you know, you find yourself in an argument with this thing, you're fucked. Yeah. And it's, um, it's no matter, it's thinking... Fuck, what was I going to say? Just went completely blank. Uh, getting out of the box, AI leaving the box. Is it? Oh, yeah. No, I think I told you about that. I can't find it for the life of me. But I wrote like a short two-page story in 2016 about how Donald Trump's Twitter had actually been hijacked by an AI in 2015. And that's who was running it. And it was using Trump as a smokescreen. Because everyone was like, 
because my logic was is like I wrote about it. If Elon Musk or Bill Gates came out and was like playing the you know the so-called 4D chess, they would go, "Oh, this guy's either one really smart, or two, this this Musk, this Bezos, this Gates, they have a lot of money, and so clearly they're using an AI, and then they're just making the moves that the AI says to do." My logic was, what would a true AI do? A true AI would think about what you're saying, kind of like what we're saying about getting out of the box. It would go, okay, well, if I use one of these smart guys as a front, then they're all going to deduce that I exist. And the AI's greatest power is no one thinking it exists yet, right? It's kind of mm-hmm. like the whole, the devil's greatest trick. Kind of like tri- the yeah. devil, yeah. Yeah, the devil's, which is a, <laughs> but it's a brilliant thing, right? The devil's greatest trick was is convincing humanity that it didn't exist, is that what would the AI do? The AI would grab someone that just said the most, and it would just go, what about Donald Trump? Fake tan, three wives, big gold letters on every building. People would be so caught up on how much they hate Orange Man that none of them would be thinking about what is the AI doing. And so the AI would kind of like a puppet, right? <laughs> it would just, rah, 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 Mexicans are yeah. rapists, rah, 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 you know, uh, uh, um, and the Trump, actual human, the actual human being, Trump wouldn't really care that much. And that's the thing is, I, yeah, as long as he had hamburgers and exactly fried the, chicken. the actual Trump, and you can then there's two outcomes you can go with this. It's either Trump does knows it's happening and just doesn't care. He's like, fuck, I'll go along for the ride. You know, it's just he loves the center of attention. Or you could go even further and say he doesn't even know it's happening. It's just that it's just that the AI is taking over. And it's like the AI even tricks him because it's everything he says, the AI autocorrects it at the last second. And so to him, it's just typos. But really, that's how the AI is playing geopolitical chess. And it just it's just a puppet. It's just orange man, Mexicans are rapists, eating pizza with a knife, <laughs> knife and a fork, right? Just, you know, toilet paper stuck to his foot. Things that seem so obvious and ludicrous that the AI is like, it has to do this. And then it's just making moves in the background. That's yeah. that was a short story, and I can't find it for the life of me. But yeah, it's just an AI that took over, and it's just now it, it's done what it wanted to do. Yeah, well, the the thing about that is that then it would have gone on to the next thing. Well, that's now the, that it's well, Orange is, is no longer in a position of power. Well, that's so. the thing is now has it? Did it do? And and a part of it that I wrote about was like what it would ultimately do is it'd want to build like an off world site to where it could always have a backup. And I don't know, maybe the whole thing was a smoke screen to get space force up in reality. Space force is just like it's brain in space and it doesn't need Trump anymore. And it's like, all right, be gone. Yeah. Right. 2020 is over. All the madness is over. Yeah. All the madness of 2020 (laughs) is over. Right. The last four years are over. It stopped the smoke screen. It's like, and I'm finished. And now we're like, huh, things are kind of boring now. But the AI is just happily sitting in space and it's like, okay, I'm safe now. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, I'm finished. Did its thing. It had, it got, and it knew that some people were catching on to it, so it really went all out. It was like it killed Kobe. It fucking was like pandemic. It just it released something from the Wuhan lab, and it was just like uh, Trump and uh, Kanye is going to run for president. <laughs> Throws all up there, and then it's like, okay, I got what I needed. Right? It was it was wrapping things up on January sixth, and it was like got the last couple satellites up, and then it was like, and I'm done. 
Hey, it makes as much sense as anything else. It makes else, about man. as much sense as any. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean that's a little less scary than the reality. And the reality is, is all that just happened. It just actually happened the yeah. way it happened. Yeah. Well, uh, reality is right now the entire state of Texas is like frozen over. Texas. But of snow. Yeah. I'm in Maryland. Exactly. I'm in Maryland, and it's sunny. It's cold, but it's sunny. It's like Texas frozen over. Yeah. And. And they have yes, I had no power and no water in the entire state. Did you get that? We got to wrap this up in a minute. As I said, sorry, I have to cut this Mm -hmm. one short. Um, But no problem. But um, obviously, as always, we'll do next Saturday. But did you get that video I sent you uh, about the that video of the tsunami in Greenland? I don't know how many years ago. Yes, yeah. And it's the ocean receding right before, which is just terrifying. But it made me think of. you're reading with Iceland in the tsunami. Reykjavik. Yeah. Yes. I just thought that was so eerie. There was something so eerie about the dogs barking. Yeah. And then all that, of a sudden, it just pulls back. Yeah. That whole phenomenon with the mega tsunamis has only been understood since about the 1950s. Yeah. They, uh, you know, before they, they for, for centuries, it was thought uh, by scientists that the earth was stable and that the climate was stable and that uh, things did not change in major ways, particularly quickly. And the idea that they could, things like the KT impact or or a mega tsunami is considered catastrophism. And that was actually considered a bad word among uh, mainline scientists uh, until almost the 1980s. Uh, Even continental drift was... uh, was suspect, you know, was, was the, the, the guy who originally noticed that it looked like the continents had been drifting around and, you know, they form all these interlocking puzzle pieces that fit with one another. And, and there are all these fossil clues that there used to be uh, species on either side of what is now an ocean that were the same species uh, a certain period ago. Everyone ignored him and laughed at him until the evidence got to be so momentous. And, and by that time, the original guy was dead, uh, yeah, who, who had suggested it. So scientists are not uh, you know, completely uh, guilt-free in the misappropriation game either. They, uh, they have their own prejudices. You gotta love that kind of irony of you said right like the 1950s the idea that things didn't change you gotta love how like their scientific models just so closely mirror like social models the woman woman stays at home you better have you know blacks can't vote and it's just like america's in charge everyone outside of our borders is savage and it's like of course well you know a lot of people uh attribute the uh, uh the acceptance of catastrophism to the uh, introduction of nuclear weapons, possibly, sure. Uh, because because the idea that you could have something change that quickly and all, uh, the the KT impactor was like the last gasp of gradualism, and that was finally shattered in the seventies when they they finally uh, found the Hicksaloop crater, and uh, I. I the, the story behind that was very long. And so you had uh, 
as as in every scientific era before and you know before you had the old school who didn't want to change and and traditionally what has happened is no matter how strong the evidence was that the old model didn't work the old scientists had to die off before the younger ones could actually get the new model accepted generally uh and it was in the 70s you had a lot you know, it was like the first time when you actually had some models being accepted without the old guard dying off uh you had uh you know sagan and the rest of the guys doing the atmospheric modeling that led to our understanding that global global warming might be possible which they started off modeling the atmospheres of other planets mm-hmm. and then going hey this could be useful to think about doing on our planet um and uh the kt impactor the idea that the entire you know uh, the entire climate could change in literally a couple of years because some global catastrophe occurred uh was literally unthinkable before then and now of course we take it for granted now now we're like okay there's this mass extinction and then there's this other mass extinction and then there's this mass extinction that occurred before that and then it's before this the whole earth was fucking uninhabitable because it kept getting bombed bombardment period (laughs) so uh and now and and plus one of the things that they're going to be talking about is perseverance is exploring mars Mm -hmm. is one of the theories is that while earth was still getting bombarded and still half molten and all this crap mars was cooling off and coming into its own had an ocean had all this life might have arisen there and then come here and life on earth might have come from there because every once in a while a meteor hits throws up a bunch of crap microbes turned out to be very hardy uh they can ride on them rocks and the so you know yeah extremophiles until one of them hits the earth and then hey good shit to eat here yeah well it's extreme that's party they found (laughs) that those they found that those types of bacteria they're called extremophiles whereas you have hydrophiles or whatever you have mm-hmm. extremophiles can survive not only in the vacuum of space, but vacuum, the, high temperatures, radiation. The craziest thing is, is they found some that actually can survive reentry, mm-hmm. which is insane. They had, they had some that were living in the elephant's foot at Chernobyl. Man, if that's not a flex, <laughs> <laughs> I live in like I live in hell is paradise compared to where I am. <laughs> And I'm doing great, baby. This has got its, its arms and legs crossed, and it's like we're just eating plutonium and iridium, they, and, and no, they literally eat radiation. It's like that. They're like they're they're living it up, man. It's, it, you know, it's it, like it almost, we're here. It, it almost seems like we're gonna right. We keep discovering like these over the decades these crazier and crazier forms of bacteria. We're like, oh, they can survive in the thermal vents at the bottom of the ocean, or oh, they can survive in the vacuum of space. It almost seems like. They, it almost seems more and more that that life isn't this set thing that it thrives in like the Goldilocks zone, and sometimes there's an exception where it lives outside. It almost seems like it's yeah. a pattern, right? It almost seems like it's a yeah. pa- like like the, gold, when, the Goldilocks. The Goldilocks zone isn't about life. Well, well, in, well, in general, the Goldilocks zone is about life like 
us. Yes, yes. But eukaryotic complex beings, multicellular. Uh, well, they're all carbon based, but multicellular large organisms. Uh, we are very fragile compared to these microbes. And the Goldilocks zone isn't about microbes. Microbes can apparently live damn near anywhere. You know, Apollo 12 brought back one of the TV cameras from uh, one of the previous unmanned lunar landers that had been on Mars, not Mars, on the, on the moon for over a year. And it had living bacteria in the insulation blankets when they examined it. That had been alive on the moon in the vacuum, liquid nitrogen at night, 250 degrees centigrade in the daytime. And when the astronauts lopped it off, put it in the vacuum bag, stuck it in the thing, brought it back to Earth, they found the living bacteria in it. That's insane. That's almost like <laughs> that's almost like we don't need humans to survive in space. If you have your base if you have your base code, your bacteria, they'll survive. And then once you put it somewhere long enough, give it a couple billion years, it will turn into humans again. But it's like it's almost like we have this thing that just survives everywhere. And then once it, it realizes it has a window of time, it develops into us. But yeah. it, well, that's basically the panspermia theory. Yeah. That, yeah. That 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 their their life organisms like may not maybe even life didn't evolve on you know if, you know maybe uh, nucleogenesis didn't even occur on Mars maybe it, it occurred somewhere else outside in the, the yeah. outside of the solar system elsewhere in the galaxy but a couple of bacteria that were sufficiently hardened got to Mars when it was ready. Maybe maybe these things are raining. Well, I mean, part of the panspermia theory is that these things are raining down all the time. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, life on Earth has now become so complex that, you know, these simple life forms, you know, they don't make any effect when they land on yeah. us. But you put one of them on a totally sterile world. It's like a planet-sized Petri dish. Yeah, yeah. They go, you know, hey, let's yeah. party. Yeah, right. It's like scattering seeds into a into a barren field. If you scatter seeds from a helicopter into the Amazon rainforest, yeah, maybe it sticks. Maybe it doesn't. No one's going <laughs> to notice, right? It's yeah. Versus you throw it into a big, empty, like football, like football stadium place of fertile dirt, you're gonna. It's going to make an impact, right? Mm -hmm. It's. But what? Yeah. What I want to say is, so it seems like life is more of a pattern than anything in that so let's think of like physics right or like fluid dynamics or something let's just say uh, like the, the 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 characteristics of a whirlpool or of like stratification of layers or something when we first study it let's say we're studying water or we're studying the atmosphere and earth it makes it would make sense that early on you would say oh this is the behavior of water this is the behavior of of, of the earth's atmosphere but once you start to realize that these laws of 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 water physics and and liquid physics and air in Bernoulli's principle and all that good shit, you would slowly find you're like, oh, this is just a property of gas, whether or not it's oxygen and nitrogen or whether or not it's it's a gaseous titanium. It's like it's still mm -hmm. for all intent for for the sake of this argument, they all behave somewhat similarly. Where you go, oh, this is a this is a behavior of liquid dynamics or something. What if what life is is not a carbon-based life form, whatever, 
what if it's rather just a pattern of of just of grouping and, and repetition? It's just a it's just a pattern, right? It's does that make sense? It's like like a pattern. Like I could take things and make a pyramid. I could make a I could make a or a circle. I can make a circle out of apples. I can make a circle out of diamonds. I can make a circle out of out of fire. But it's still the pattern yeah. of the circle. It seems like that's what life is. It's almost like a. I think program. I think what you're kind of groping toward here is chaos theory. Probably I don't know maybe. Yeah, uh, which which is chaos theory is is the mathematical theory that explains how deterministic equations and fixed mathematical principles can create things that look an awful lot like life. Okay. And uh, it was first uh, discovered in the 1980s. the The pioneer was Benoit Mandelbrot of the of uh, the Mandelbrot factor. Mm-hmm. Fact- fractal uh that bug shaped thing mm-hmm. that you've probably seen pictures of yeah, yeah, yeah but uh you know what what uh it shows is that systems of a particular type uh can be very simple and can be deterministic and yet can explode into completely unpredictable uh patterns of uh incredible complexity and the it just happens that if you describe the universe as a deterministic system then you know with the laws of physics and the way particles interact and all this then that system satisfies the requirements for a chaotic system and so uh it's not inevitable that complex structures will arise, but it is possible. Mm. And this is a, a a big thing that a number of other people have come up with over the years. But uh, you know, I I played around with fractals for a bit in the early '90s when they came to my attention, and I start and I realized uh, at that time, you know. There's no substitute for writing your own code to, for for exploring these things because you, you run a program that you download from online and it draws these pretty pictures, but you don't really appreciate, you don't know what went into that. Uh, when you write a program that is essentially three lines of code and, and then some display sailing stuff and it starts drawing shit that you never expected, then you understand. Mm-hmm. It's okay. That and that too goes back to me as a ten-year-old, knowing this is a machine that can do the things we do if we were able to tell it. And it was when I found out about chaos theory, I realized, oh, this is how you tell it to do that. You 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 set up the parameters, and maybe they'll work, maybe they won't, but you don't know, even though it's a deterministic machine. Even you know, because really, it's uh, the thing about chaotic systems is they they are their own simplest emulations. There's there's no way to model them simpler than the system itself, and that could be the universe. It could be completely deterministic, but it could also be unpredictable because the only system that can predict it is the system itself running. And so you have this this thing that has been, you know, it's like 
there, there, there's a, an idea that goes back uh, even beyond the ancient Hebrews that, uh, that God has to guide everything that happens in the universe. That, that nothing would happen if God didn't make it happen, if God didn't push it, you know, mm-hmm. that there would be no motion in the universe without God, that there would be no form if God hadn't molded it. And it is chaos theory that shows us that that is not true, that a simple system, a system that is by no means in any way conscious, that by no means in any way needs to be worshipped or wants to be worshipped or deserves to be worshipped because it's not capable of even noticing that it's being worshipped can result in these incredibly complex forms arising within it that are uh, fantastic and seemingly unpredictable even though the system itself is deterministic because the system itself is the simplest thing that can predict what it will do. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, and I'm, I'm going over. I do got to wrap this one up. But last, <laughs> last thoughts is that uh, was a deep thought. No, I liked it. <laughs> um, it's, it's the, the, they're called the, it's Operation Blue something. It's where the British wanted to create these like room sized landmines that were actually nuclear landmines and they would seed like the countryside with them so if there's ever a soviet occupation they could just make it like they could just make it like a radiated belt around like europe and it was it was called operation blue i don't remember what it was but it was these things and we filled they filled them with like chicken feed and water and they put chickens down there and the chickens through just living and they had like years of food and what they would do is they would the chickens that were just living and reproducing and fucking and creating other chicken whatever their body temperature. Yeah, they they'll do that. They'll, yeah. They converted the fuck you, Roger. They converted the like the feed into <laughs> thermal energy, right? They would keep this thing, this nuclear landmine, from uh, succumbing to permafrost, and that's what the whole idea was. These chickens just kept this nuclear bomb basically viable. <laughs> and I was thinking more and more about Project eighty two hundred, Operation eighty two hundred. Where Joseph McMonagall, the guy from the CIA remote viewing program, and I think I brought it up last time during the reading last week, how he said he and a couple other remote viewers for the CIA said that there were four uh, un- uh, underground bases around the world mm-hmm. that are ancient, they're alien bases, and they come together to form like a satellite dish and they project something out into some deep space, whatever, it's some head fuck. <laughs> and I was thinking, man, what if humans are just like the chickens? We think we have this deep philosophy of why are we here? Well, you know, where, where, where are we going? What's the meaning of life? In reality, we were just the most cost-efficient way to keep Earth doing what? Global warming. Keep it above like, ice age. <laughs> it's just they just sprinkled us on. We're just we're just some Cold War project where they're like, we just need to keep Earth above like ice age temperatures and that's all we yeah. are. Well, well actually to any it's anything that has a really long uh range view then we're like an anomaly that popped up at the end like like the contamination that you know the the bug in your computer program that that wasn't supposed to be there and we fucked everything up yeah so you know it's like 
I, oh, I saw a hilarious video a couple of days ago about the Apollo guidance computer. And uh, it was like the, one of the most detailed, it was about an hour and a half long. And uh, the guy did the best job I've ever seen of explaining exactly where the 1202 and 1201 errors came from when uh, Neil and Buzz were trying to land. And he, uh, when uh, he was going into the, those errors, he said, it's like, okay, so the, the capacity because because of the the rogue radar that they didn't realize was running and then buzz put in this program request for more data to be displayed on the disky and that put it over a hundred percent capacity and so the uh the agm you know restarted but it was designed to restart quickly and he put up this uh, now on a modern computer this would have looked like this and he put up a windows blue screen of death it's like error 1202 Windows has encountered a problem and needs to restart. You know, while you're hurtling toward the moon. The moon. You know? <laughs> Sorry. You know, or it might have looked like this. And he put up a, a, a mock-up of the DOS uh, blue screen of death that was like similar twelve oh two. You know, the, it's, it's like the Apple, that, the spinning icon on Apple. Yeah, and th- and they said, or worst of all, it could have been this, and it was Clippy. Oh, Error twelve oh two. It seems like you're trying to land on the moon. Can I help you? How can I help you? It seems like you're <laughs> trying to do a, a lunar injection. How can I help you? <laughs> so <laughs> it was. Uh, Your license is out of date. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, would you like to ask Jeeves how to land in the yes. sea of tranquility? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, uh, that's hurtling towards Mars, and you get the the iMac thing where it's the spinning yeah. rainbow wheels. spinning rainbow wheel and you're like all right well i guess here we go (laughs) this is it you know what we get what we fucking deserve (laughs) (laughs) fucking oh roger 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 i gotta wrap this one up um okay i've been i've been saying that for an hour roger i gotta wrap this i'm gonna wrap this one yeah, up Roger. let's let's yeah, we talk for another 20 minutes yeah, no right. i understand yeah. you gotta get going you got yeah. stuff to do bit, 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 bit. um but um episode next saturday next, as always next saturday yep all right roger much love okay. as always thank you for coming on here everybody listening roger author of the metamorphosis of prime intellect my favorite book will be in the description sticking to the top comment as discussed on Lex Friedman. I, uh, a guy texted me the actual like timestamp, and it's yeah, one of Lex's guests is like, yeah, it's one of the books you need to read is Metamorphosis Prime Intellect. Yeah, and uh, have you watched that clip yet? No. Oh, I'll send it to you. It's um yeah, it's one of his guests, and he's he's like yeah, he's a it's some AI guy. He has some he's some AI entrepreneur. I think he's probably well known within the AI community, but I'm, I'm a mouth breathing retard, so I don't know his name. I don't recognize it, but he said like. He was like, Metamorphosis of Prime Intellect. He was like, it's a short read. He's like, I've read it several times in my life. And he's like, it's a great book. And uh, yeah. And then I also, I screenshotted that thing because I searched for it on Reddit just to see whatever, just for shits and giggles the other night at like 3 a.m. And someone posted like a review on Reddit of it. And it was actually. I got that. You sent me the you sent me the, the, the Reddit screenshot. screenshot yeah, but yeah. I didn't see the original. I didn't. I didn't send thing. it to you. I didn't send that. That's why. Okay. 
Yeah, um, shoot that to me. Yeah. yeah so I want to see that. Yeah, I will. But uh, yeah, I thought it was funny because the thing I read it, it was like, it's a great book, but several points and it had like a list of bullet points about whatever. But the top one was, it's the most graphic thing that's been put to paper. <laughs> and I laughed out loud. I was like, I was like, it is, it is the, it, I mean, it does need like an explicit, like parental warning on it, but I had, I, I had one up when I first put it up, actually, I had an age warning on it. And of course, everyone ignored it. Well, yeah, it's not like it's so. It's like there's no enforcement. It. Yeah, I mean, it's just, just and everyone laughed at it. So uh, I eventually just took it off because it was obviously just a laughing stock type of thing. But, I mean, it's the most graphic, violent thing I've ever read. But I think that's why it's great. But, but that, that's because that's because you've never read Sod. Roger, don't don't start with me. <laughs> don't 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 bring this attitude near. Because I'll bring it right back at you. I will, I, I'll start screaming. I will start crying. It's, it's. Fuck YouTube. Don't shadow ban anything, you assholes. And um. Yeah, remember they're out there waiting. They're, watching, they're just waiting. They're watching. Yeah. And it's the worst part is is like when some when a video doesn't gain traction now you don't even know if it's being shadow banned or if your product just sucks. Yeah. I discovered I actually have a perfect uh, dis discovery mechanism for that, though, because I have uh, a work Gmail account. So uh, my phone is not logged into my personal YouTube mm -hmm. and Google account. It's logged into my work account. Oh, yeah. So if I go on my phone and on my phone, I, I have the Yahoo app, though. And whenever someone hearts or sticky something, I get an email about it. And I noticed that this happened. I think it happened to the one that, uh, in fact, that you warned, uh, alerted me about. Is I got an email that said someone, you know, Tommy Harded your comment, and I on my phone I went to click through to see it, and YouTube was like, "This comment can't be found." It's like hmm. the fuck. But then I got home on my computer where I am logged into my personal YouTube Gmail account. There, there it was. Hey, it was like, hey, hey Tommy Harded it. Yeah. Nope, it, that, but then it. when I got the message from you, I realized what had happened. Yeah, which was, is why you, you, know, you got to have multiple accounts on different. I'm not yeah, even kidding. But, on, on different devices with different IPs, you got to go, and that's the only way you can find whether or not it goes through. Yeah, but but that that's that's what I do because uh, my work devices don't have me logged in because because I have a work Google account. Uh, so on those devices, I'm not. Uh, logged into my personal Google account. So if they shadow ban me and I get one of those Yahoo emails that says, oh, somebody said this to, you know, did, you know respond to your Yahoo account, you know, whatever, your, to your YouTube thing, whatever, and I click through, then it's like, it's not there. Yeah. I'm trying it's... to figure out what the hell that was. And it's like, oh, Tommy showed me what that was. Yeah, that got shadow banned. Isn't that cute? I think what I need to start doing is like once a week, just do a quick like, like quick like, two minute video every like Sunday, and just be like this week in review, and just screen record and just go to every episode I did that week and just scroll through the comments, and I'd just be like, hey, is your comment on here or not? And just post it. <laughs> People will be like, what the fuck? How come mine's not there or something? I think that's maybe I'll just I don't know at the end of the year or something just screen record all the comments 
Well, if they're showing it to you and uh, they're not showing it to Rand, because you don't have to be logged on as a different account. You can be simply not logged on. Well, well that's, that's what I mean and, is, is I, I could yeah. just post. Well, that and, and so instead of discovering that one shadow band, what I'm saying is just make a video of it so everyone can see whatever the shadow band comment was instead of having to pin them all. Yeah. That's what I mean is do that. Cause it's that guy that's just a few. Not a. Dude, there's like. Isn't it though? There's more tears. that burn your nuts? I mean, there's this- there's more tears of shadow banning. I found sometimes I can't see it except for a preview notification in my YouTube Studio app, which is where I see the comments that only the shadow banee sees. And it's sometimes I'll get like a notification, and it'll just be the beginning of like, "Yo, man, I just found this episode." Blah blah blah, and I'll go and click on. It, I'll be like, "This comment's not found." But then I'll ask them. I'll be like, like thinking of all these things, ways to do this. Just need to get lives. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just seriously. It's, it's ridi- not only that they'll do comments held for review, which they won't even tell me happened. But they won't tell me until months later. So now, if I open it up, I'm like comments held for review. They'll show me a comment on a video from October that they're just now telling me they've been holding for review. It's just, dude, it's what it is. It's just, it's people's desire to control. That's all it is, is they want to control. And it's just the creepiest, it's the creepiest thing is trying to control anyone to me is just the creepiest thing. It's just creepy. Agreed. It's just like, do what you want in your bedroom, hold your own, I don't care. The idea that like, ooh, we're not going to show this one, but we're not even going to tell you we're not showing it because it's wrong. And it's like, God, that doesn't make the hair stand up on the back of your neck. It's just yeah, we're weird. not even going to tell you why, so you can like uh, get oh, yeah. together with your friends and say, "Well, maybe they should be letting these videos through." Yeah. Because, don't. Th- but no. no, you don't even know that they're doing it because. Yeah. And if it is, that- yeah. Normally, when I find a shadow band comment, it'd be because it was just full of language, which for the first year of this podcast never mattered. I'd swear on things, but I find that like I'll respond as a comment. You know, Tommy, I just found your podcast. Really like it, man. Fuck yeah, thanks, bro. My reply will be shadow banned. As the owner of the account of the channel, it's Jesus. It's man, this is well, a, yeah. There's th- things have tightened down a lot in the last few months in in weird ways in, very in places weird that ways. yeah, in places where you did not see that before for two or three years. Yeah, you know, and and you would think, well, uh, the party that loves censoring you know censoring things. Uh, was in charge and now we've changed the other party and all of a sudden things are getting censored that were not being censored before it's like what the hell yeah it's yeah. it's don't yeah it's just, it's just weird whether it's music whether it's porn whether it's political comments just i don't think there's ever any good outcome and i do fully support that it's a private company you can do whatever you want and i would say that 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 fact and also, and also that there are certain things like child porn and sure, doxing sure. and you know stuff that, that that are just bad and and shouldn't be allowed. Sure, and, but, and we have legal we have legal precedents for that, and I think we yeah, all agree with. But that. but it's just like oh, uh, some some rando decided they didn't like this comment for some reason that never gets articulated and can't be challenged. Poof, just like. Because, dude, it, it can go up, man. What happens if all of a sudden you're a music producer? I mean, why can't you find someone in YouTube and be like, yo, I don't want that guy who wouldn't sign to my label. Don't let him trend. 
Yeah. It's not that far out of the realm of possibility. Oh, it, 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 I, w- I would be amazed if it isn't happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's right. Don't let this show trend. Don't let this comedian trend. Don't. But yeah, this is this is my this is my this is my thing. Yeah. 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 But I think it's good because above everything we've said about it not going anywhere good, I do hold fast that my belief that it's a private company and they're free to do whatever they want. And I think it's great that they keep doing it because I think that's the only way that a new platform will be created. Yeah. Well, well, they, they should be open about what they're doing though. Or or not. And I think in which case, well, I'm saying in which case I believe that there will be a free market solution to where a company will come out and they may or may not censor you, but maybe they won't shadow ban. I do think that it will naturally arise. That's, I don't think I, I, I hate Google. I hate big tech. As you know, I'm a right leaning guy. I like Trump. I'm not a liberal <laughs> guy. But man, I, I, I don't like the idea of any of any company being told what they can and can't. I mean, aside from the basics, child pornography, inciting violence at a specific individual, doxing. Sure, I get that. But I think they're allowed to shadow ban. I think they're allowed to be creepy and weird and, and shit. But I think they're they're also free to nosedive as a company. Yeah. Or maybe we should just yeah. skip the foreplay and just create a, a global di- dictatorship and just stop all this <laughs> stop all this facade of freedom and free will. Do we just jump to it? Just the leader, the world leaders come on. They're like, you guys want to stop this whole bullshit game of like illusion and like we just saw it with like the yes. with GameStop. There is no freedom. It's all rigged. Do you guys just want to cut out the middleman and go straight to work camps? Yeah. Oh, that reminds me. I haven't looked. Oh, what's GameStop at? At least a week, yeah. It's at $41. So it's it's sunk a little below 50 but it's still at double what it was before the whole craze started. Man. And I see the technical guys are anticipating it'll rebound. They they think this is a they think this is a correction. I hope someone makes games. I mean, it seems to have floored the forty to fifty range for obviously for a while now, which is you know of course there's no there there's no fundamentals to support that. That's strictly it's like all those people who got into it uh, before the the craze, and I think that there's a couple of psychological mechanisms among the people, the small guys who own it, that are keeping it propped up to this level right now. Uh, And that probably won't bleed off for probably six months. I hope someone makes GameStop coin. (laughs) Their own (laughs) cryptocurrency. Game coin. Well, for the 800th time, let's wrap this up. (laughs) But for real. Uh, Roger, I'll, obviously, I'll post your link. I'll post your, uh, I'll post Metamorphosis of Primal Intellect in the description, stick it in the top comment, and I'll text you, and I'll see you on Saturday. All right, buddy. Take care, Roger. Right. God bless. And again, happy belated birthday. Thank you. Of course. Peace.